everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns by Harmon Brothers. In today's episode, TikTok is on the brain. Learn how our lead writer has generated videos that tracked over 6 million views and leveraged that to advertise Dry Bar and Scripted. Successful businesses come in all different shapes, sizes, and animals. On the Raising Unicorns podcast by Harmon Brothers, we share the video marketing gold that has helped companies of all shapes and sizes grow by hundreds of thousands to hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. So if you've got a business and you're ready to use video to scale it, this episode was crafted for you. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today, we are talking about short form video. And I have by my side, the amazing, the incredible, the absolutely... I was going to improvise something, but I can't think of it. The amazing improviser, Zach... Atherton. Comedy comes in threes. Hey, Shane. <laughs> this is why you're the improv comedian and not me. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Truly so honored. Zach, I wanted to have you on here to talk a little bit today because you're a really good authority figure to talk through some of the things we're going to discuss today in terms of short form video and how we see that trend influencing the marketing world. A big part of like where your experience comes from is on your own personal TikTok that you've been building up. Yeah for several years. Give the audience a little bit of your background in improv and your theater, and then maybe the background of how that has played in tandem with what you've done at Harlem Brothers. I am an improv comedian. I've been doing it for about 20 years now. I've been doing it professionally for about 10. I run a comedy theater called Improv Broadway. We do musical improv theater here in Utah, which is a lot of fun. But the big project that I've been working on the past few years that Harmon Brothers has been helping out a ton with is called Drybar Inscripted, which is the sister channel to Drybar Comedy, which is the largest library of clean comedy specials online made by Angel Studios, the same film studio made The Chosen and Tuttle Twins and a couple of their original properties. And this past year, we've basically been prepping for and using short-form TikTok to build up to our big equity crowdfunding campaign, which is launched right now. It's currently live. And it will probably be finished by the time they hear this. Almost definitively. (laughs) Almost for certain. So talk me through a little bit about the trends that you've seen. Because obviously here at Harm Brothers, we are known for doing our long form videos that are two to five minute videos that are basically taking someone from no awareness of the brand. And we try to take them all the way through the sale to like go to this website and buy. There's been a huge shift in the last 18 months to two years where a lot of the content has really evolved and adapted. And I'd love for you to talk through video consumption behaviors you're seeing within markets and within like different channels with TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. Facebook and what type of content we're seeing people resonate with or even watch more frequently. For sure. As attention spans have gone down and as like inventory of content has gone up, the power of selection has just been given to the consumer so much more than it has in the past. So even in the past of like early days of Facebook, people's attention spans of scrolling through, they're looking through static images and they see like a long form ad, I think they were going to give more of their time to it. But now with TikTok where it is meant to just dopamine spike, dopamine spike, dopamine spike, it's like you have to hook me in and you have to educate me or entertain me within half a second or I'm out of here. As we've been building up a brand, because basically our funnel has been, we've wanted to generate interest. So when we launched this company, which is the world's first platform for improv comedy specials, our call to action was, hey, please invest in this. Instead of a Kickstarter where you get a t-shirt or a cup, we're going to give you actually shares in the actual company. And we spent a year trying to build an audience and build interest 
list. And instead of, all right, let's think about this of, okay, how many commercials can we have? Or, you know, let's talk about the unique value propositions of the company or let's educate on the shares. Our biggest thing has just been to entertain and to educate as much as we possibly can, realizing that if we do that and we go viral, we see a large audience, a lot of them are going to self-select down to actually do the call to action, actually do the, the action that we want them to do. So when we built the campaign, we had Colin Mockery from Whose Line come and do a pitch video. And that lived in our mid-funnel. There was a website that came up that uh, essentially allowed them to express interest in the company. And that was just there as a link forever for months and months. We did do some pushes and we, you know, we boosted and that did okay. But really the thing that moved the needle for us, we just made really engaging, fun content that people would want to watch all the way through or, or watch multiple times. And we'd have videos that would blow up to the millions and then we'd see a big spike because all of a sudden it's interesting when the consumer goes, I'm in research mode versus consumer mode. It's different. And so when they go with their own volition, they're like, what is this website? Click. And then they see a really entertaining a video and they're more likely to consume that as opposed to if we had just taken that long form education video up top and pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. So we actually had way more bang for our buck just producing short form, interesting, engaging content to funnel people to our, to our CTA. Yeah. And this is something we're seeing quite a bit with clients is that a lot of the winner videos that we put out for them as top of funnel pieces, a lot of that was organic, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But we're even seeing that just reflect inside of reaction to ads that we're running. So we have a lot of the time where, especially if it's on Facebook or Instagram, where that consumption pattern is just so snappy fast and like, yeah. you have to catch my attention. We'll often have a long form piece of content, but it's not the top of funnel anymore. Often it is, okay, I want to be on the website now. This is another video that's educating me maybe a little more thoroughly, but it is interesting because I feel like they do have that mind shift of give me a hit, give me a hit, give me a hit. And if you catch them long enough, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They click through this site. And then like you said, the long form video of Call Mockery was sitting there. And then their mindset shifts a little bit of like, yeah. okay, if I want to know more about this, I'm going to have- They're willing to go down the rabbit hole yeah. a little bit more. But if you were to put that same video in consumption mindset, they're like, ugh, I don't have time for this. Get out of here. Yeah. But because it was their choice, they're like, I'm a researcher and I'm a smart person. I'm going to figure this out. Is this a sound <laughs> investment? I think it is. I think it is. Here's my money, Zach. Shane is not being paid to say that. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a pattern that we see quite a lot with our clients. That's like more of a winning formula that they're seeing pan out more. And there's still some exceptions, I would say. They're the exceptions, not the rule anymore of long-form pieces of content doing really, really well. But I would even say, just anecdotally, from the accounts that I'm on personally or have insight into, a lot of that is on YouTube, where I think long-form consumption is more normal. Yeah. Where you're watching a 15, 20-minute video on a tutorial, or you're watching a 15, 20-minute video of entertainment from someone. Yeah. I think that's, it's just, it's so fascinating to me about where consumption patterns dictate the ad's shape in many ways. Like the platform, the way you're meeting them where they're at inside that platform and their mindset. Because it's wildly different between different platforms. Yeah, like ask yourself when you go on each of these apps, what is your mindset? For me, when I go to TikTok, I do not want to think. I just want to be entertained. I want to learn something new. But when I go to YouTube, it is almost always to, what is the synopsis of this movie or this book? Or I just watched this really cool film and I want to know someone's like deep intake of it. Because I wouldn't do that if I went to TikTok. It would be a fool's errand to be like, so I just watched Us, uh, the Jordan Peele film. I'm a little late to the game there. And it was so fascinating. There was all these cool Easter eggs. And if I went to TikTok and I typed in 
us analysis, it would be this wild goose chase. I can go immediately to YouTube and I can find six incredibly in-depth videos and I will sit through 10, 15 minutes and I'll just eat it up. Yeah. So it really just depends on the mindset that you're in. I think it's a shortcoming of marketers a lot of times when they just like, we're just going to do one giant piece of content and it's going to kick butt for a year and a half. It's like, nah, not so much. I mean, they might be able to live on your website for a year and a half. For sure. If someone wants to buy your widget, you should have a really good, engaging, and informative, long-form video that people can dig in and feel good. So you check off the research box for them. But if you're pushing that same three-minute video top of funnel, people are going to sign off. You are not giving them what they're asking for from their consumption. It's one of those things where it's like you almost have to meet them where they're at and what they're trying to consume and not get in their way too much. Because if yeah. you get in their way too much of what they're actually already doing and you're interrupting that, they're just going to be like, mm, skip. You know what I mean? Because there's no forced watching. Everything is elective now. Right. You know, like even in YouTube eight, nine years ago when they introduced the skip button, you still had to watch five seconds on Instagram with reels or even Instagram posts or on TikTok. I think we talked to a Facebook rep. I've quoted this quite a bit on the podcast, but it was, they were saying the reaction time is now under four tenths of a second for someone evaluating whether a piece of content is something that they are interested in reading or looking at or whether it's like, pass. Parts of me is like so depressed as like someone who puts like a tremendous amount of effort into creative. (laughs) If someone's like, yeah, nice try, idiot. Pass, 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 pass. We've all you know? become NASCAR drivers with hitting the throttle at, at the green line. Yeah. You ever seen that test where there's like, beep, beep, beep. They're able to do it faster than anyone. Yeah, four tenths of a second. Yeah, yeah, we're just like, our reaction times are just, it's so quick how fast we like make that snap judgment. Yeah, and how we can sense ads now. I find myself when I do that on TikTok, before I'm even doing it, I'm like, is this an ad? And then I'll look down at the bottom and I'm like, yeah, it's sponsored, skip. You can sniff it. We can yeah. smell it a mile away. But the brands that are doing really well is they're recognizing they serve their real audience. They give them something that they need. So mm-hmm. They come back again and again. And then when they do have something to push, communities understand that you want to sell. So for us, for instance, we did push out ads. We pushed out calls to action and say, go to this. And obviously our engagement fell dramatically, but we did have our core group of people who said, go for it. I'm here all the way, whatever I can do. But what's interesting is as you play the ratio of like these asks, but then you continue to honor the contract with the viewer that we're going to entertain and inform you. When you have those big, big pushes, they're going to come back and they're going to revisit that. Yeah. So let's say I'll push out, let's say consistently we're getting like 50 to 100,000 views on our TikToks with our entertainment. And then we go push out an ad and it might only get 8,000 views to a smaller audience. But then we go out and we say, hey, just so you know, this is not what you can expect for us in the long run. This is, you just understand how this business works. And we push out other videos and we just had two that hit 6 million each. And we came back, a lot of them came back to those other ads and said, this is so cool. I'm so glad I discovered it. Obviously smaller in proportion to the other ones, but it was worth it because of like this contract that you're forming with your audience. Yeah, such an interesting way of thinking about it, especially as a brand. In your specific case, you're an entertainer. your platform is to entertain people. Your yeah. proposition with Dry Bar Unscripted is to entertain people. Right. And so it's really interesting with brands that have found success on TikTok. I think about Scrub Daddy. Oh, yeah. Who is crushing it on TikTok. And it's not because they're like, look how amazing the Scrub Daddy is. It's soft and then it's hard depending on the temperature of your water. Like yeah. they're not doing that classic pitch. They understood the assignment. They, yeah, exactly. They understood the assignment and they understood the ask of what the audience wants and they want to be entertained. They want to be shocked. They want <laughs> yeah. to say, we're so programmed. Like ChatGPT is an excellent indicator of how the world sees ads. If you only give it a prompt and you say, write me an ad for Scrub Daddy. Uh-huh. The chat GPT, I guarantee you. Do you have it on your phone? Can we do that right now? 
We could test it right now. Here, I'm going to say what I think ChatGPT is going to be versus what it actually is. But it's going to say something like, are you tired of not being able to get the murk and muck off of your plate? Well, get Scrub Daddy. <laughs> Scrub Daddy is a sponge. And it's like, it's the same okay, gonna, formula I'm, again I'm, and again. I'm going to say that it's not, are you tired? I'm going to say, do you wish your pots and pans were easier to clean? I'm going to say it's like, are you tired or sick of? The hook is going to be direct pain point. Are you feeling negative about this other thing? And then it'll go directly into the benefit. What's your bet? I was going to say, do you wish your like pots and pans were clean or easier to clean was my okay, bet. Okay. So okay. similar, but I think they might avoid that cliche. Oh, it's at capacity right now. Gosh darn it. <sighs> oh, well, but everyone can know you can do it right now and write in and tell me that I was right because I almost guarantee Let's keep right. refreshing this throughout the podcast because I'd love to come back to this. People are so accustomed to the same ads over and over again. So when Scrub Daddy comes in and turns it on his head and it's making fun of itself by yeah. being so irreverent and so inappropriate, there's a thing on TikTok where it says, you've tickled my brain. And people love that so much. And all of a sudden, it's like, you have all the brand awareness and you need. And then I just looked inside my house and I realized, holy cow, we have Scrub Daddies because it was top of mind and it was right there in the retail. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I do this versus like, whatever? It's a freaking sponge. Yeah. I don't even know the value proposition. I didn't even know it got harder, but it's in my house. <laughs> that is wildly depressing as someone who spends a lot of time on messaging. I'm a blind consumer. <laughs> Zach is your target audience if you just want to throw out stuff. Just say you're going to cream your pot and pan, pots and pans and I will buy it. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I think the one of the ones they had like was like 18 million views or something like that. It was like, it was just the robot voice like talking. It's like, what's up, mother... <laughs> yeah. It bleeped it out. With it's the just AI like, voice. that's it. It's just like, what what, what's up, motherfuckers? Do you want to get creamed? That's what it was. Yeah. Do you want to get creamed? Well, now you can get creamed with like Scrub Daddy's new cream. We've been so trained by the rules of TV where it's just yeah. like, you could never say that on network television. They would never allow you to it. And so when they do it, it's just like, it breaks through the noise in such a brilliant way. I feel like we always try, at least we strive to always think of what's something we can break through the noise and what's something that's like different than what you've seen out there. And it is a constant, constant battle. Every Everybody is evolving and copying each other on a very consistent basis. Just being able to think outside of that constraint and looking what everyone's doing and then doing the opposite or doing something that's not like flagrant, but something that's like surprising. Yeah. Just something that breaks the mold. And Mr. Beast right now, he's like, I just saw this 10 minute deep dive when he's talking about content. Again, it's like part of this depressing thing. I'm like, does everything have to be sensational? Does everything have to be bigger? Because he's like, all right, let's say you're doing a commercial about how much you like bananas. You better say bananas are the best effing fruit in the planet and it changed your life and it's like oh man does it have to be that way all right here is the chat gpt ad for scrub daddy looking for a smile with your scrub look no further than scrub daddy our sponge features a unique happy face design that's sure to bring a touch of joy to your cleaning routine made from a proprietary high quality foam material scrub daddy can change <laughs> texture based on the temperature of the water how does it know this i didn't tell it this i just said write me an ad about scrub daddy a sponge with a happy face on it that's all i did in warm water becomes soft and gentle, perfect for cleaning delicate surfaces in cold water. It firms up and becomes a heavy-duty scrubber, tough enough to tackle even the toughest grime. That's crazy. So I guess it is it able to It literally is scrubbing like the website and understanding contextually what it does. Oh, interesting. Crazy. But even so, the language and the yep. routine of it is so old hat. It's just like looking for this, either want a good thing or want a bad thing. Yeah, because that's what I said. You wish your pots and pans were easier and yeah. yours are like, are you tired of this crappy thing? Yeah, the negative thing. So it yeah. switches back and forth, but it's just they understood that it's okay. Hobbit say, what's up, mother effers? <laughs> <laughs> I wish more brands
brands did this. They recognize that their Instagram pages are so sterile and boring. And you think about going to a brand page right now, you just know it's going to have 3,000 followers. It's going to have almost no engagement. And it's all just going to be like summer sale. I wish that more brands recognized, okay, we know what we sell. We know what we do. But what do we mean? And we're going to create shows and content. And we're going to entertain. And we're going to inform. And we're going to actually build an audience of what we're doing. And it could be anything. Mm -hmm. We sell clothes. Let's talk to moms who buy these clothes for themselves. Or let's talk to college-age girls or do podcasts or whatever. It's so easy to make this sort of long-form content so that if you just have one that goes, that's an interesting point. That's actually a really interesting point. And it goes viral. Then all of a sudden, I've had 30,000 plus follower bumps in a day from one simple joke that resonated. And I would have never guessed it. I can't tell you the number of times I'm like, I'm releasing five clips today. I think clip four and five are going to kill it. And they all flop. And then I go, I don't know. I guess I'll share this. I need content. And then it gets millions and millions of views. And people are like, I don't know what, what it is about this, but it tickled my brain. Yeah. I don't know what this is about it, but I like this. I'm like, you have no Neither idea. Neither do I, you idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the basic idea you're talking about here, you're respecting your audience by entertaining them first. Yeah. One of the things that Harm Brothers has always strived to do, and I think we're in an evolution of this right now and like continue to understand what this looks like and how yeah. we can do this, is just understanding how people want to be entertained and yeah. then giving them the right amount of entertainment that allows us to have that contract like you're talking about. Yep. Thus far, we've made ads that are relatable and that are on point enough and gets people to say like, oh man, they get it. Yeah. Mixed in with really good comedy and really good writing in a way where it's like, oh yeah, this is still entertaining enough. I know they're feeding me information about a product, but it's entertaining enough that I'm like, I'm yeah, in. I'm totally. in. You know what I mean? And I think it's just like changing that into like now snack size bites of it. That how What's that game look like? Yeah. And how does that work for, you know, brands that might not be like a content brand, but it might be like, like you were talking about, like clothes and the understanding what that looks like for them. It's just like a really, really fascinating study that we're going through right now and kind of an evolution of our advertising. Yeah, if you have a good product and people find you, they will buy you. They will do that. But understand like you don't go to a grocery store to see stand-up comedy. You don't do that. A stand-up comedian, if they try to do comedy in a grocery store, it breaks the social contract. <laughs> the same way as if you were to do that, it's like, all right, I'm gonna take a break from my set and I'm gonna sell you these pants. People go, ugh. So if you understand the social contract, Actually, that like breaks the social contract in such a good way. You should do that. I want to see more Scrub Daddies. I want to see more Duolingos. I want to see more of like recognize. Like, I can't tell you, there's this TikTok trend. It's this flute solo in the background and it's this really crappy CG of you floating in a boat. And every single marketer, it's like convincing my boss this one TikTok will get more views than their than $15,000 on a video. And you look and they have like 400,000 views, 1.2 million views, 1.1. Because people understand, it's like, I'd rather joke about marketing than actually do it. And they were right. Like people were more willing to watch this dumb TikTok about their product. And like, that's the mentality people are at. And so it's like, understand where the production needs to happen. Yeah. A classic Harmon Brothers ad will still kill, I think, in the mid funnel. Or if, if you make that with understanding that you're going to break this up into 20 or 30 pieces yep. of smaller content. That's where it's going to kill. Because the second they go from, oh, wow, that is kind of an interesting product. Am I actually going to pay $60 for this? Let me put on a new hat. I'm in research phase. Yeah. Then you go to their website and it's clean and it's full of testimonials and top of the fold is an amazingly beautiful, well-polished ad. And they go, okay, now I feel confident enough to give these people my money. But the idea of like getting eyeballs, it is so crazy that people are not pumping out three to five pieces of content every single day because one could turn into... All of a sudden, it's like we're a brand with 5,000 Instagram followers. Like I went from 1,000 
This time last year, I'm about to hit 95,000. Things that I post have a floor of like 10,000 views. That's I can't wild. imagine that as a marketer and as a person with a brand. It's just like, even if I know it's bad, I'm like, well, I know eventually it's going to be seen by 10,000 people. Yeah. That is wild power. That's insane that more people aren't doing that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too because I think about TikTok is definitely like a platform to go to be entertained. I even think about my own consumption patterns on Instagram, right? Because Instagram and YouTube have replicated elements of TikTok and Reels and Shorts. Right. So funny because I feel like with my placements of ads, if I'm in my timeline on Instagram, I'm actually totally okay with getting served an ad yeah. for a product or yeah. like a straightforward banner ad. But like if I'm in the Reels mode where it's like beep, beep, for like Get those placements, it's like entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. I want to see like a funny fail video or something, yeah. right? It's interesting how that's influencing the strategy of what content do you place where and right. what type of energy do you put into that content? That's like a big piece of our strategy that we're going forward with of like thinking about that whole customer journey and experience because people genuinely use social media just for like information or entertainment. Like yeah. that's primarily what it is. Yeah, it's interesting how it's going away. I mean, like Instagram and Facebook used to be a place where I wonder what my friends are up to. Yeah. But as we're getting more into like content creator society, it is very funny. If a friend of mine comments on one of my videos, I'm disappointed. I'd rather have a stranger <laughs> who lives in Indianapolis be like, this is good versus then like <laughs> Billy from high school. I'm like, oh, of course you like me. You've known me for 20 years. I want strangers I want to love strangers me. strangers <laughs> to love me. Like, what did you think when I came on your live feed on TikTok I the other day? I was horrified. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Everyone is trying to figure it out. Everyone's trying to figure out their voice. I'm like, do I talk like a salesman? Do I talk like myself? Do people <laughs> like me enough? Do I have to be entertaining enough? And so it is weird. Like, when people like you know, that know you, yeah. like Zach Atherton is like the person, not as the and entertainer. Most comedians will agree with me this. Like performing to a room of strangers is so much less scary than performing to like your best friends or yeah. your family. And so if you found it's like, oh yeah, like your your best buddy's coming like tonight. He's coming to now. Oh, oh no. gosh. People I know. Ugh. They're going to see me in a different light than what they do. But I'm curious to know, what do you think is... Because obviously there, there, there's this big idea that, oh, TikTok is the dancing app and there's kids who aren't actually going to buy something, which doesn't statistically make sense because it has yeah. over like a billion viewers now. What type of content should we be thinking about when we're like, all right, I'm going to post something to TikTok. It's going to be like this. I'm going to post something to Facebook. It's going to look like this. I think that's something we're really trying to figure out right now. I think everybody is right now because it's like I feel like TikTok has like accelerated at such a crazy pace. Like you said, Zach, there's a ton of now older consumers that have consumer powers because I feel like 18 months, two years ago, TikTok was like 14 year olds. Sure. There are so many more. Like you can see it actually on TikTok's like publications of what their actual audiences are. And there is a substantial amount of audiences now on TikTok that are older, that have consumer power, that are present spending their time on there. I think you have to create content that fits in that realm. And then you think what we do, Harm Brothers, and I know you do this a lot, Zach, understand what people want on that platform and also figure out what does it look like? What does it feel like? What's the actual like kind of sensation that it has there and craft that content. You want it to not feel like an ad. Yeah, you don't want it to. And if you are like doing it as an ad, I think you have to go the scrub daddy route where you're like being so self-aware. It's like so hilarious because of how self-aware it is of being an ad. That's the only way you can do yeah. it. I was going to say this earlier. I don't know what law it is where it has to say sponsored on the bottom. I think that's just a function of whether you push it or not. Whether you pay sure. TikTok to actually boost it. Well, well, yeah, it. any paid promotion. There is a law that actually prohibits them from not marking it as sponsored. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what law it is. It's one of those things where if you're having pains from people being like, uh, 
dumb ad. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like you're not making your content right. If it doesn't feel like an ad, then you've won on TikTok. Yeah. Again, like I look at my wife. She is like the target consumer for so many of the brands we work with. So I use her constantly. I just pick her brain. I'm like, what do you like about this? Yeah. What don't you like about this? Yeah. What kind of ads do you buy from? And she's like, why do you ask me so many freaking questions? I want to talk about consumer research, babe. She's like, I want to talk about our kids' PTA meeting. And I'm like, get out of here. But it really is just like, did you waste my time? Yeah. People aren't mad at an ad if it doesn't waste their time. Yeah. It's like, thank you so much for telling me this. I've actually looked at that. That's great. Or that was so funny. Oh my gosh, great job, guys. It is when they're like, you made me watch another stupid ad when I could have been three videos down. (laughs) It's like bizarre because we get fed all this free content, but that's how our minds have shifted now. Yeah. How dare you waste my time? <laughs> yeah, just, it's true. I just wasted four hours on TikTok. How dare you waste my time? I don't know. I have a theory in the back of my mind that like entertainment platforms also evolve into like shopping content platforms. I can't even tell you how many women I've talked to who are like, oh, I found this on Instagram. Oh yeah. TikTok made me buy it. Yeah, TikTok made me buy it. Like yeah. stuff like that. Like if you can do your advertising right on there, you're like, I gotta buy this stupid thing. Yeah. That's so cool. Or that's so interesting. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many products my wife has bought. Like even from brands she already shops from, like Gap. Like they know what stuff she's been watching and she's like, oh, it's wow. on sale. And she's like, hey, t- like Instagram told me this. So I bought it. I'm like, <laughs> that is incredible. You know? Oh man. It's just such brand loyalty at that board. It's like conscious or subconscious at that point. Because a lot of people I know will buy from like beauty influencers. Mm-hmm. There's like, I really trust this person. Yeah. Because I bought the skincare cream and it freaking worked. And so the next one it comes up, it's like, I've been looking for that. My gut tells me that there's going to be an evolution of TikTok. The TikTok made me buy it. There's a rough learning curve, I think, coming from something like Facebook or even Meta as a, as a platform, right? Yeah. Where we've gone through about 12 years of it being a platform where there are advertisements and there are products on there as a yeah. marketplace. And we knew how to like talk to those people for that content and for that type of platform. But now TikTok is such a different beast and it's right. such a different mode. I think marketers and, and advertisers are having to adapt and evolve their advertising to like get to that TikTok made me buy it level. I do think it just for thinking about the level of like, all right, I'm actually going to break out of my consumption mode into buying mode. You do have to get almost personal with someone, it feels like, whether with a brand or with an influencer that you actually care about mm-hmm. and like crafting it that way. The idea of just, hey, we exist, buy us now. Those days are like disappearing. Like it has to get into it like a deeper emotional level to uh-huh. compete just with the fact of you're competing with my fun time, you're competing with my break time yeah. or even the parasocial thing. It's like you are breaking with time with me and my friends. I have yeah. these two 200 creators that I love to follow and you're breaking that up to sell me this thing? How dare you? It better be good. It better be freaking good. (laughs) We've gone all over the place, Zach. We kind of went down the TikTok rabbit hole, which tends to happen around you. I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'll just give a quick plug of what equity crowdfunding is. Equity crowdfunding is typically for startups where you have an idea, you're pre-revenue, and you want to be able to raise the startup capital for that. Yeah. And basically what you do is you advertise it. It's an offering uh, through the SEC. Basically, people will buy shares in your company to give you the revenue that, that you need to do that. I don't see why there's any reason why you couldn't sell off a chunk of your company where you're talking about a specific product or launch uh-huh. or an expansion that you want to do. But really the methodology behind that is an MVP of an idea, minimum viable product, and you, you go build a crowd first and say, hey, I'll only make this if you want this. And then when they invest in it, you have this built-in audience and then this motivation to scale it together. Because, you know, for us, for Dry Bar Unscripted, you know, we're raising anywhere between, you know, one to three million. And we get that in, like we owe that to the people to pay them back and to build up this strong thing. But it wouldn't have been possible if they didn't put their faith in us first. So I'm interested to hear what your perspective is. Say you're not Dry Bar Unscripted. Say you're, I don't know, let's just take a random product. Well, we could talk about Skullshaver. Skullshaver is a good, like, 
like use yeah, the product? Yeah, so Skull Shaver is one of our clients that has this unique patented design where it's like the shaving blade, four blade a setup, kind of like an Arelco, but with four blades. But then there's a unique patented design where it fits in the palm of your hand. So it's really easy to maneuver around your entire skull. So it has intellectual property around it. It's a really great, unique offering that is not anything else is really like that on the market in its use case and its form and function. Yeah. So say you were Neil from Skull Shaver. Uh-huh. And you had this product and you want to potentially to go to the crowdfunding, how would you utilize short form content to drum up interest in that or even utilizing it for pieces of content that you would drive directly to a crowdfunding website? I would produce three streams of content. One would be a long form podcast or episode or something that was built on either information or entertainment surrounding the bald industry. It could be something as simple as interview with a bald guy. We talk about their bald journey. We talk about how they gain confidence that way. There's a huge section of people who are bald now and is now a fashion choice for them. It would be purely informational or education. The second one would be a team to create sketches or a quick little bites about how to moisturize your head or could be jokes about baldness where every single day you're sharing one joke or information about that. And third would be just like some sort of visual team where they're making either like a short form video or still photography or whatever with a simple quippy quote. And so every single day you're sharing one piece of a long form piece of content that people will fund to and watch if they want to build things to build your larger audience. But it's also capturing the short term people of like there might be a joke or I realized bald was sexy when that gets shared 20,000 times in the, you know, in the bald or shaved community, whatever you call it. And then you also have people who have designed content to be short, pithy, and shareable. That's still going to get the broad audience. And then you still have the photography there to mix up variability pictures where it's maybe it's sharing more of like education. It's like, did you know that this or here's fact XYZ. And you do that every single day. It took us about when we started implementing that strategy, it took us about two months for us to really hit like our first big one. But once we hit our first big video, our floor just kept rising. Whereas when you first start in this organic strategy, your floor might be like 100 or 150. But it just keeps rising to the point where it's just like, I know that over a week's period, the minimum I'm going to have is 10,000 views or 15,000 views. And it, you have to feed the beast consistently. And if you do that, your short-term followers will grow, but also you're like brand loyalists over time. Where it's like, hey, I actually really loved your interview with the bald guy. I'm a lifetime viewer now. And then you focus on your, your mid-funnel with all of the incredible assets that we built for them. Mm-hmm. But you focus at the top to entertain and inform incessantly. There you go. You have the start to finish idea, Neil. There you go, Neil. For School Shaver. You can hire us for that if you're, you want. You're running a Super Bowl ad this weekend <laughs> in some really big markets. You can drop that. And you just- can drop Drop that and go back to <laughs> equity crowdfunding and give up a piece of your content company. So I run the writer's room too. That's my day job here. Uh-huh. I talked with a brand where they sell upscale clothing for kids, like their whole thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how cool would it be to just have a show where you bring moms on who talk about the difference in confidence when they taught their kids how to match uh-huh. or they taught their kids about high quality clothing? It doesn't have to be long. It could be 10, 20, 30 minutes or whatever, but get people on, have them say like, hey, we're not selling anything. Just be yourself. Just have fun. And I promise you, if you do that, it's not that expensive to produce. But one of those ideas will resonate. And all of a sudden, you're going to see a huge day. As you consistently do that, you're going to see an organic following where all of a sudden you go like, I can't afford not, I can't go back to the day where I share once a week on Instagram or just a still photo. It it becomes stupid at that point. This has been so fascinating, Zach. So enlightening. Hot dang. Very, very dense. Good stuff. Just in case this releases and you can cut it if it doesn't uh, before February 16th, Dry Barn Scripted is now accepting investments, minimum of $100. You can go invest.angel.com slash unscripted to go check out the offering details. And I've looked at the business plan and the model that they've built out. It's pretty solid. Shane said it. 
not me. <laughs> because I legally can't outside the offering portal. <laughs> Till next time. Thank you, listeners. Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver. And now we're offering a 20-minute video that helps you strategize your best profit-pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.